Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for July 27th, 2008. And we're going to pick up where we left off. Um, I'm just going to reiterate this last paragraph. It says, as mentioned earlier, Colonel Philip Corso similarly believed that the extraterrestrials that the Eisenhower administration entered into agreements with could not be trusted. Corso believed that these forced and negotiated surrender suggesting an extraterrestrial agenda that was suspect. While General Douglas MacArthur didn't directly mention any government treaty with the extraterrestrials, he gave a famous warning in October of 1955 suggesting that some extraterrestrial presence existed that threatened human sovereignty. Huh. Here's a quote from General Douglas MacArthur. He says, you now face a new world, a world of change. We speak in strange terms of harnessing the cosmic energy of ultimate conflict between a united human race and the sinister forces of some other planetary galaxy. I never knew MacArthur said this. The nations of the world will have to unite, for the next war will be an interplanetary war. Did you know Douglas MacArthur said that? The nations of Earth must someday make a common front against attack by people from other planets. Wow. we got some pretty high-level military people confirming what we're talking about here today. MacArthur may well have been alluding to the same extraterrestrials that Corso, Cooper, and Lear believe had entered into an agreement with the Eisenhower administration. Significantly, reports of contacts with extraterrestrials began to change once the alleged treaty began to be implemented. The friendly Space Brother reports involving contactees of the 1950s changed as reports of abductions began to emerge after the first recorded case in, in 1961 involving Barney and Betty Hill. Okay, we, we mentioned this earlier. So, let me say that again. The reports of the contacts of extraterrestrials began to change once this alleged treaty began to be implemented. This friendly Space Brothers of the 1950s changed into reports after the first uh, abduction case in 1961 of Barney and Betty Hill. Other, another apparent pattern that has occurred in UFOlogy is the dominance of these Space Brothers in the 1950s who were kind, interacted with people who became known as contactees. Now, this is the whole image of, like, the My Favorite Martian image of the 1950s, where we have Uncle Martin, like Martian, come, and he's good buddies with, um, who's the guy's name? Tim. Tim O'Hara, the newspaper reporter. And uh, that's the whole, mini, the, the whole series is based on that. And Uncle Martin is this kind, wonderful person. Yes, he's a little eccentric. But he's a Martian, and he's here for our benefit and our good. In fact, in that particular series, Tim will make mention of all uh, Galileo and, and Michelangelo and, and everything major that ever took in past that took place in past history, whether it be in the field of arts or technology or science. Uncle Martin basically steps and says, "Oh yes, I, I remember when I was counseling Michelangelo." on, you know, this, or Galileo, or Isaac Newton, or whatever. He essentially takes credit for every technological advancement we even had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. It's kind of funny. But see, that image started to be tarnished with the 1961 Betty and Barney Hill abduction case. This pattern changed dramatically with this case, the Space Brother human types of the 1950s seemed to fade away, and they were replaced in the UFO literature with another type of alien. In the early 60s, the first abduction of the Hills began a new pattern where the aliens were the gray evil aliens, who would abduct people against their will and perform medical procedures on them. There were, as far as this author is aware of, no confirmed cases of classic abductions in the 1950s. Unlike the Good Space Brothers of the 1950s, these gray aliens were described by all who were unfortunate enough to have met them as being distant and without emotions. Well, the facade had come off. 
You could just boil it down to that. I mean, Satan was showing his true colors at this point. The treaty had been entered into. They could, through this treaty, abduct humans. And, um, of course, you know, we could go down that rabbit trail a lot further. But, essentially, that facade had come off. And now their, their, their true intentions were being made. According to Wolf, the extraterrestrials were greys from the fourth planet of the star system, Zeta Reticulum. This is what they always say they're from. That's why they call them the Zetas. Okay? While Cooper claims that they were tall gray aliens from Beltegeist or Orion, Wolf and Cooper's differing versions likely reflect a close relationship between greys from... Regal and Beltogeist, and to that more of one species of extraterrestrials that may have been covered in this treaty. And again, we have the whole different races, and it's, it's just more and more confusing for humanity to deal with this. Wolf has described the Greys as having positive motivations in regard to their presence on Earth, but have been inhibited and targeted by rogue elements in the U.S. military. This contrasts the testimonies of Cooper, Lear, Schneider, Corso, and arguably even MacArthur over the true motivations of the Greys. It is worth repeating Gerald Light's claim of a terrific conflict between the various authorities on whether to inform the general public or not to inform them. It is likely that these differing perspectives on the motivations of these Grey aliens reflected in an uncertainty that has been continued that has continued to intensely divide policymakers up to present time on how to best respond to this extraterrestrial presence and what to tell the general public. The uncertainty over the motivations and behavior of these gray extraterrestrials appears to have played a large role in the government decision not to disclose the extraterrestrial presence and the treaty Eisenhower signed with them. The following passage from an alleged official document leaked to UFO researchers describes the official secrecy policy developed in 1954, two months after Eisenhower had first contact with the extraterrestrials who were spurned by the Eisenhower administration. Those would have been the, the Nordics. In this document it says, any encounter with entities known to be of extraterrestrial origin is to be considered to be a matter of national security and therefore classified top secret. Under no circumstances is the general public or the public press to learn of, of their existence of these entities. The official government policy is that such creatures do not exist, and that no agency of federal government is now engaged in any study of extraterrestrials or their artifacts. Any deviation from the stated policy is absolutely forbidden. Now, this is what the government has done since this treaty supposedly was signed. The government. Now, Hollywood hasn't. But you have to understand, Hollywood, I believe, has been commissioned to condition humanity to accept this, while the government has remained silent on this issue. Okay? That's been the whole agenda. Let Hollywood do their dirty work and condition humanity for this acceptance and for the acceptance of a lot of other things evil that's coming. Penalties for disclosing classified information concerning extraterrestrials are quite severe. In December of 1953, the Joint Chiefs of Staff issued Army-Navy Air Force Publication 146 that made the unauthorized release of information concerning UFOs a crime under the Espionage Act punishable by up to 10 years in prison and a $10,000 fine. Now, let me ask you a question. If this whole alien UFO thing is totally fake, why would they care? And why would they implement this harsh, severe penalty if there was no truth to any of it? Why would they care? I, I mean, there's a lot of things I learned reading this article. It's quite thought-provoking. According to Robert Dean... This draconian penalty is what prevents most former U.S. military servicemen from coming forward to disclose information. So you've got the fee, you, you've got the fine, you've got the imprisonment possibility, you've got the possibility of probably being assassinated. 
you have the po- you you have the whole ridicule thing that would come from the government. Maybe you have a pension. Maybe you've served all this time and you don't want to lose that. So there's a lot of other people that probably would have liked to have come forward that did not come forward. We've already talked about several today that have, though. Now, the strategies dealing with those former servicemen, corporate employees, or witnesses brave or foolish enough to come forward to reveal classified information is to intimidate, silence, eliminate, or discredit these individuals. This policy involves such strange strategies as removing all public records of the former military servicemen or corporate employees, forcing individuals to make retractions, deliberately distorting statements of individuals, or discrediting individuals. Bob Lazar, for example, claimed to be a former physicist employed at Los Alamos with reverse engineer, and he claimed to... uh, Uh, be responsible for the reverse engineering of an extraterrestrial craft. He described the disappearance of all of his university and public records and indicating how military intelligence agencies actively discredit whistleblowers. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen any interviews of Bob Lazar. I have. I've seen several. The man comes off as absolutely nothing but credible. Personally, I don't detect guile in the guy. Mostly, the reason that he's come forth with this is A lot of it's to protect them, because sometimes that's the only way they can protect themselves, by coming forward with the information, and then if they do get assassinated, it looks really, really bad. Okay, That's what Bob Lazar did. He claims that he was taken to a, a section of Area 51, which is a more secret section of Area 51, called S4. S4 is in a region called Papoose Lake, which is south west of actual the actual Area 51 base, which is a gigantic base in um, the Nevada desert. He claims that at the S4 sector in Papoose Lake, he worked and reverse engineered, uh, was working on reverse engineering a craft on a UFO, and during one video I've seen, he actually describes how the propulsion of the UFOs work. And it's absolutely, totally amazing. It's it's they have to get this one particular element in it in it it's the degradation of this element which is a very heavy element that is responsible for giving the UFOs their power their their power source and how they fly and stuff like this. Anyway, I've watched several interviews of this guy, and although he's not a Christian, I think he's legitimate. I really do. And um, I tell you, the guy comes off incredibly knowledgeable and, and intelligent. I've seen other interviews of people that are very similar. Um, and again, you take all of that and you combine it with these guys that we're talking about today, and you start to get a lot of cross-confirmation, and they're all pretty much saying the same thing. The Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses a thing is established. Well, I must have heard at least 20 or 30 on this particular subject, and they all seem to collaborate one another. In the cases of the witnesses cited so far, Cooper, Schneider, Lear, Wolf, all of have been subjected to some or all of these strategies, thereby making it difficult to reach a firm conclusion about their testimonies. In other words, the discrediting of them by the government. Since the creation of controversy, uncertainty, and confusion is the modus operandi, or the MO, of the military intelligence agencies in maintaining the secrecy of the extraterrestrial presence, then the testimonies of former officials, employees, witnesses need to be considered on their merits. While issues of credibility, credentials, and disinformation are important in the study of the extraterrestrial presence, a rigorous methodology for dealing with the efforts of military intelligence agencies to discredit, intimidate, or create controversy around particular witnesses has yet to be developed. For example, Numerous efforts to discredit Cooper, William Cooper, in particular by referring to inconsistencies in his statements, retractions, or egregious behavior in stated positions may be due in part or in whole to the policy of military intelligence officials to discredit or intimidate Cooper from leaking classified information that he very well may have witnessed in his official capacity since Cooper's military record does not indicate does indicate he did serve in an official capacity on the briefing team of the commander of the Pacific Fleet, it is most likely that much of his testimony is credible. Whatever inaccuracies exist in terms of his recollections of the timing of the meetings between Eisenhower, between Eisenhower's administration and the extraterrestrials, 
may have been due to memory lapses or perhaps deliberately introduced as a self-protective mechanism. It has been pointed out by some whistleblowers that making retractions or sowing inaccuracies in testimonies is sometimes essential in disseminating information without being physically harmed. See, these guys are under constant threat of death. Okay, so sometimes they're saying they do this, maybe throughout an inaccuracy or a discrepancy, because they know if they don't do it, they're going to die. Now, we're taking the Lord Jesus Christ out of the picture here, totally. But most of these people aren't saved, that we're talking about. Now, Cooper did claim to be saved, but he also believed in the whole good alien, bad alien agenda, unfortunately, which most of these people buy into. The controversial Cooper has been subjected to undoubtedly the longest and most intense military efforts to discredit or to intimidate any whistleblower revealing classified information. He wrote a whole book called Behold the Pale Horse, which um, a lot of people reference and read. And, and um, you know, just bear in mind, he just believes in the whole good cop, bad cop alien thing. Um, but he's got a lot of good information in the book. The non-disclosure policy developed for the extraterrestrial presence is most likely due to a profound policy dilemma on the part of the responsible national security officials. This dilemma comes from uncertainty over what true beliefs of the purported 1954 treaty were, and what the consequences of the treaty would be. While signing of the treaty provided U.S. national security agencies an opportunity to study extraterrestrial technologies, and to observe the extraterrestrial biological program with abducted civilians, it appeared the treaty was not beneficial as was first thought, due to the excessive abductions of the U.S. civilians. Well, what are you going to do? You, you sign this treaty, you don't believe that you can even fight this enemy, are you going to go back and say, hey, you lied to us, and you're, you're, you're not honoring your end of the bargain. Maybe they did say that, but, like, the devil's going to honor his, his word, please. The subsequent behavior of the Greys in their interaction with the U.S. National Security, Security Agencies was most likely the reason for deferring a decision to release news of the treaty and the extraterrestrial presence to the global public. According to Light's testimony, Eisenhower had indicated to those present on February 20th, 21st that an announcement would be made soon after the first contact event. Since this did not occur and a treaty was eventually signed with a different group of extraterrestrials, the Greys, the Greys, this suggested that the national security agencies were deeply divided over the wisdom of disclosing this information and alarmed by the possible public reaction to the Greys' activities. In, at his farewell speech in 1961, President Eisenhower was possibly alluding to the growing power of the national security agencies that dealt with this extraterrestrial presence and were gaining great power as a result of the dilemma over what to do with this extraterrestrial presence. Here's what he said in his farewell speech. This is President Eisenhower. He said, In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, <clears throat> whether sought or, or unsought. Unwarranted influences? What is he talking about there? whether sought or unsought, kind of weird, by the military-industrial complex, which was the very arm of the government that was working with these entities, is what he's trying to say. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or, dem or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert, knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals so that security and liberty may prosper together. If the president was dissatisfied with the non-disclosure of the extraterrestrial presence, then his speech was indicating that the, that the responsible national security agencies were both dominating public policy and taking a hardline approach that was inconsistent with American democratic ideals. In the subsequent decades, it appears that on a number of occasions, official disclosure was seriously contemplated. 
For example, Robert Emiger, Alan Sandler claimed they were approached by the Pentagon in 1972 to produce an officially sanctioned video that would be used for public official public disclosure of the extraterrestrial presence. This was in 1972. When the offer was later withdrawn, the reason given was that the time was no longer suitable due to the Watergate scandal. While it is undoubtedly true that political factors would impact on making a formal disclosure announcement, it is more likely the case that non-disclosure was caused by lack of clarity over what the true motivations of the extraterrestrials were and the impact an announcement would have on extraterrestrial activities. Making any announcement of the extra extraterrestrial presence would be naturally... Um, would have naturally led to questions concerning the extraterrestrials' motivations and activities. If officials couldn't agree on appropriate answers, they would most likely decide that it was better to defer disclosure rather than threaten national security by making inaccurate announcements. This is, in other words, this is this is something that has been contemplated by the government for decades. It just hasn't been done yet. The precise nature of the extraterrestrial abductions and the medical programs implemented by the Greys have been extensively researched and discussed by a number of UFO researchers. Their conclusions vary widely, suggesting that the, that the deep disagreement among private UFO researchers over the motivations and activities of the Grey, Greys most likely mirrors that of the official government sources. Nobody can, there's no consensus within the UFO community or the government whether the Greys are really good or rather, whether they're really bad. Well, all I need to have is my Bible to know they're bad. Okay? Every time these people are getting abducted by these things, they're always pointing people away from the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's an absolute, total, constant and common denominator. And, um... They're always pointing people toward, like the people like the ascended, or these entities called the ascended masters, always telling us that they were our creators and that we've been lied to and all religions are, are wrong, including Christianity. That's all I need to know, to know they're straight from the pit of hell. So in conclusion, an examination of the evidence presented in this paper in terms of the whistleblower or witness testimonies raises tremendous problems in terms of Coming to a conclusion, conclusive opinion. First, the truth of the alleged first contact meeting between Eisenhower and extraterrestrials. Second, claims of more than one set of extraterrestrial meetings with the Eisenhower administration. Third, the various policy issues that arise from the meetings. And subsequent treaty, and a subsequent treaty that was allegedly signed. Most perplexing is how to view the testimonies of whistleblowers who appear sincere and positively motivated, and have plausible stories, yet are plagued by controversy, allegations of fraud, inconsistency, and other irregularities. Due to the official secrecy policy adopted toward the extraterrestrial presence, it may be concluded that some, if not most, of the controversy surrounding these individuals has been caused by the military intelligence agencies' intent on discrediting whistleblower or witness testimonies, and, and this is to be expected. While there continues to be uncertainty caused by this controversy surrounding the whistleblower testimonies, the role of the military intelligence agencies in generating this controversy, the bulk of evidence points to a first contact meeting having occurred during the Eisenhower's Palm Springs vacation, February 20th to 21st, 1954. Testimony suggests that extraterrestrials in the first contact event, a race of tall Nordic extraterrestrials were spurned due to their reluctance to provide advanced technology in an agreement and also they wanted us to disarm. A subsequent meeting and treaty was then signed with a different set of extraterrestrials, commonly called the Greys, who did not have the same reluctance in exchanging extraterrestrial technology as part of an agreement. So here's what Satan does. He comes to the president and he says, hey, listen, we're going to come as the good cop and we're going to help you with your spiritual development. We're not going to give you any technology and you're going to have to disarm. Our government says, no way, thank you, we don't want anything to do with it. And then the greys come, the bad cop alien. And they say, well, listen, we're not going to mess with your spiritual development, we're not going to mess with you, you don't mess with us, you let us experiment on a few of your people and some of your stuff, and we'll give you some technology. That, wasn't that nice of, of our government to say, yes, you can experiment on a, on some of our people, that's okay, as long as we get your technology. Wasn't it wonderful of them that they volunteered us for that 
fun program. Now let me tell you something. There's a research group called CE4 Research that has unequivocally proven that abductees that cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ, and they've got to believe it, okay? Every single time that happens, the abduction scenario stops. They've got documented case after documented case. And you know what? That's the only thing that stops these abductions. Uh, now, remember, there's millions of people that have claimed to have been abducted. They cannot all be crazy. To them, it is very, very real. This is a demonic encounter, is what we're having here. Wouldn't you expect there to be more demonic encounters as we move further into the end times? Or less? Yes, I think this is just confirmation of the Bible. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived, the word wax means to grow. That is the time, day and time we're living in. Take heed that ye be not deceived. This is what Jesus Christ was talking about here. So, you know, this shouldn't be of any real wonder to us. Uh, but this is, I believe, the, the, the possible and plausible scenario that we're looking at here. Going back to the article, it says, Most of the available evidence that has found its way into the public arena suggests that the extraterrestrial race with whom the treaty was signed, the Greys, are at best an enigma, and at worst, simply untrustworthy in their treatment of abducted civilians. The subsequent shift in witness reports from friendly extraterrestrial contacts to disturbing abductions suggest that the Eisenhower administration had signed a treaty with extraterrestrials whose motivations and activities are an enigma as far as the general public interest is concerned. The activities of the gray extraterrestrials apparently continues to raise uncertainty for the U.S. national security, security agencies in terms of an appropriate strategic response. On the contrary, the friendly Nordic Space Brothers, who would also be in the Ascended Masters genre, faded from the scene since the Eisenhower administration saw them as not su sufficiently motivated to serve the, the technological and strategic goals of the United U.S. National Secur Security Agency. So, in other words, the devil comes to the government and they say, okay, do you want what's behind curtain one? That's the ascended masters, the Nordics, the friendly aliens. They're going to help you with your spiritual development. Yes, you're going to have to disarm. No, we don't want what's behind curtain one. What's behind curtain two? Well, behind curtain two, we have the gray aliens. And the gray aliens are, yes, nefarious and evil, but they will exchange to, they will agree to exchange technology with you as long as you agree that they can experiment on your populace and some of the other things. Yes, we'll take what's behind door number two, okay? The devil came to them with the good cop, bad cop offer. Offer. We chose the technology, and that always seems, from my research, seems to be the primary motivation of not only the government, but also all the UFO people that are, particularly the New Age, the, the new age UFO tinfoil hat wearing people that you'll typically see associated with this particular movement. There's very few Christians that will even get near this movement because of the, they don't want to be labeled. Okay? Well, the Bible talks about you know, just dying to self, dying to your own reputation, you know, that's what you got to do. Your life as a Christian is not a popularity contest. And one way or another, this scenario of deception is coming down. One way or another, they have not devoted all of this effort in Hollywood, in all the various media, print, things that we have seen, all this preconditioning and brainwashing, on the millions and millions and millions of dollars spent from Hollywood to books to media to print. There's an agenda here. They haven't done all that for nothing. Okay, and when this scenario goes down, you want to be prepared. You want to have you want to be able to have an answer. If we go further in conclusion, it says the question of <clears throat> when disclosure of the treaty signed by Eisenhower and of the extraterrestrial presence might occur is one that has been long anticipated. A recent economic event might be a signal that some form of disclosure is possible near the future. According to Craig Kapatas, Bloomberg News correspondent in Paris and the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, uh, this was on January 21st through 25th, 2004, they discussed extraterrestrials at one or more closed sessions. In a story published in January 21st, Kapatas claimed that Forum officials maintain that their five-day program on partnering for security and prosperity requires 
an unambiguous examination of the extraterrestrial presence on Earth. The Davos Forum is a gauge for trends in the global economic the global economy and discusses various topics that have long-term effects on business. The inclusion of conspiracy theories of an extraterrestrial presence and technologies on the formal agenda has significance well beyond the hypothetical nature of the discussion. Various national governments may well be tactically letting the word out of their friends in the business community that they had better start exploring how a future disclosure of an extraterrestrial presence and technologies will influence the business world. Because remember, that was one of the primary reasons they did not want disclosure to happen. is because they viewed it being this unbelievably devastating thing to the economy. Well, I don't think it's going to be un unbelievably devastating to the economy now. We're, we're prepared. We're preconditioned. We're in a different mindset than we were in 1950. Thanks to Hollywood and all the other things they've done. Given the discussion at Davos on January 21st, 2004, a possible extraterrestrial presence and the forthcoming 50th anniversary of the Eisenhower Treaty, it might be speculated that a disclosure now announcement may be made soon. I get an email from a whole... Um, it's, a, it's a chat forum group. And it's, it's only goal is for disclosure. I kind of want to see what they're doing. And I must get an email about once a day on how they're, they're aggressively, these are just, these aren't even people in government. These are just citizens. How they're aggressively trying to bring about disclosure. They're getting a lot of their information from channeling and from abductees and from face-to-face -face encounters and things of this nature. And these supposed alien entities are all telling them it's very close. It's very close. Now this, I'm going to be reading for you, um, is one of those groups that I just mentioned. And this is one of their, uh, this, this is a petition they've got. This is from the annual Earth Transformation Conference. This is a group of individuals like I just mentioned. Um, and this is called Declaration for Citizen Contact Councils announced at the Earth Transformation Conference. This is in Kona, Hawaii. This was just in May 24th, 2008 says, a consortium of citizen organizations focusing on the study of extraterrestrial life has cooperated in the development of a declaration that calls for the establishment of citizen contact councils. The councils will comprise private citizens meeting in small groups around the world that use a positive intention and telepathic communications to achieve their goals. Disclosing the reality of extraterrestrial life and technology and trans... It's always about the technology and transforming Earth into a galactic society are two of the goals of the proposed councils. <laughs> Future goal, fur, the further goal includes taking proactive steps to promote mutual respectful extraterrestrial contact. Finally, the councils would pioneer citizen government, governance, governance on issues concerning extraterrestrial life, including the diffusion of advanced technologies and exposing secret government policies. See, they want to expose what the government's been hiding. The Declaration for Citizen Councils was announced at the Big Island of Hawaii's Annual Earth Transformation Conference that focused on the themes of new science, consciousness, and contact. Dr. Michael Salia, a co-organizer of the conference and founder of the Exopolitics Institute, that's his chat board that I mentioned, Exopolitics, he announced this declaration. He believes it will stimulate private citizens to become proactive in developing citizen governments concerning extraterrestrial life. In the concluding conference presentation, he cited a number of groups in Hawaii and around the planet where citizen contact councils exist. Angela Whitecliffe, the main organizer of this conference, emphasizes that we can choose individually and collectively how mass extraterrestrial contact will take place. We can choose. We can choose it to be with benevolent beings who honor human sovereignty. Oh, right. Yeah, that's why these people have been abducted for the last 50 plus years and have been probed, prodded, and every manner of horrific thing done to them. But they're benevolent, meaning they're nice. We can choose to be with the benevolent beings who honor human sovereignty and who should, in fact, settle for nothing less. The citizen contact councils have the power to realize this goal. These people are that brainwashed. 
They are that delusional. The Bible says, Woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. And if this isn't calling good evil and evil good, I don't know what is. The Institute for Cooperation in Space, which is the ICIS, according to Albert Wabiri, its international director, supports the declaration for the Citizen Council's uh, contact and ICS's mission is to prevent the weaponization of space and to promote cooperation amongst intelligent civilizations in the universe. Another prominent citizen organization dedicated to the study of extraterrestrial life released the following statement. Exopolitics Toronto supports the Declaration for Citizen Contact Councils as a, terrestri as a terrestrial imperative that employs just and ethical means by citizens to coalesce global awareness and communal efforts to initiate viable diplomatic interspecies communications with extraterrestrial civilizations. There's many people that are aggressively pursuing this. Almost everyone in the New Age is aware of this type of stuff. And they're actively beckoning these devils to come down to earth and to make contracts and unions and, and yoke up with mankind. Kind of like it was in the days of Noah. Its director, Victor Vigilani, further states that Exopolitics Toronto also supports the just and ethical citizen governance required to expose government secrecy and the suppression of advanced technologies. Here we go, with the advanced technologies. And to ultimately, see what they're saying is we've, we've been in possession, the government's been in possession of this advanced technologies. Much of it's been released. I mean, look at the technological explosion. Okay, since this supposed treaty was signed, the Grenada Treaty. But you, you can't argue with that. We, we've, had, we've had a technological explosion like no other time in the history of mankind. Is it by coincidence? If you look back to the book of Enoch, regarding Genesis 6... It is very clear that when the fallen angels came down, they gave mankind technology. That was one of the carrots that they put out in front of us. Okay. Now again, I'm not saying the book of Enoch is canon. Okay, I'm not saying it's the Bible. I'm just saying, it's, as far as the commentary goes, it sheds great light on Genesis 6. So, it says with... We've, just, we've suppressed all these advanced technologies. Now, granted, we have technologies right now that are being suppressed that we would totally eliminate the need for fossil fuels. I mean, come on. They've got things like zero-point energy. I mean, if they would just expand what we already would have with solar and wind by itself. Um, they've got batteries now that have capacities to store, you know, way more energy than the average. It's all being suppressed. Primarily because of the, the whole um, petrochemical empire that would come crashing down if that technology would be made available. Not only that, through petrochemicals, we are dependent upon gas to run our cars and a lot of other different things, and they want total dependence on them. They want us to be dependent on them. To, 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 for us to have to come to the government and to these multinational corporations to get anything. They like that. It's control. So, they say, and then ultimately to empower the human family to guide and represent itself as contact with off-world civilizations evolve. So they're just saying this is going to become a commonplace where this, these supposed off-world civilizations are going to come and, and interact with man and we're finally going to have this technology that the government, that our bad government's been suppressing because the nice Nordics, they've been trying to help us but our government wouldn't let them intervene and they've been standing off on the sides as good guys for a long time. That's the lie that's, that's being perpetuated here. Now this next article is, uh, I'm just going to read some excerpts from an article called The Masonic Truth Behind Aliens and UFOs. This starts out by saying, The Royal Blue Blood Knight of Malta, an honorary 33rd degree Mason, Freemason, America's 40th President Ronald Reagan often talked about how the whole world would come together if there was an external alien threat to our planet. Now that's how I started off part one of the teaching. Here's another quote from Ron, Ronald Reagan. Speaking to a room full of reporters at the White House on May 5, 1988, Ronald Reagan said, I've often wondered, what if 
what if all of us in the world discovered that we were threatened by a power from another planet? Wouldn't we all of a sudden find that we didn't have any differences between us at all? And that we were all human beings, citizens of the world? And, we wouldn't, and wouldn't we come together to fight that particular threat? He mentioned this idea many other times throughout his life. Now, this is the ultimate implementation of the, of the United Nations plan. Okay, Remember, they create the problem, and then they also give us the solution. Henry Kissinger, this is a whopper of a quote, he said at a Bilderberger conference, this is pretty appropriate, in Yvonne's France, or Avion's France, in 1991, he said, quote, this is Henry Kissinger at a Bilderberger conference, Today, America would be outraged if UN troops entered Los Angeles to restore order. Referring to the 1991 LA riot. Tomorrow, they will be grateful. This is especially true if they were told that there were an outside threat from beyond, an alien invasion, whether real or promulgated, that threatened our very existence. It is then that all the peoples of the world will plead to deliver them from this evil. Can't you just see this scenario? I'm not going to be pleading. But most other people will be. Yeah. So continuing, he says, The one thing every man fears is the unknown. When presented with this scenario, individual rights will be willingly relinquished for the guarantee of their well-being granted to them by the world government. Wasn't that a lovely quote by Henry Kissinger? And now, isn't that the exact scenario we've been talking about? Now, you could say, oh, I'm a conspiracy theory nut. Well, is Ronald Reagan a conspiracy theory nut? Is Henry Kissinger? Is General MacArthur one? Is William Cooper one? Phil Schneider? All these other military people? I'm telling you what they said. You formulate your own opinion. Okay, I'm just trying to put out the facts so that you can make an educated decision. The UFO investigator and lecturer, Norio Hayakawa, who's actually on my email list. I tracked this guy down. He's on my email list. So if he's listening, hi Norio. Anyway, um, he did some really good uh, presentations on the Prophecy Club, on, on the... Uh, on the documentation of very, very objective, very, very objective. He didn't get, you know, he's not like the tinfoil hat wearing guy, and um, but he's very objective in the research that he presented. So anyway, he says that this plan is called Project Panic, and that high technology equipment will be used to create an optical illusion of a UFO invasion. Ah, you mean like Project Bluebeam that we're going to be talking about next? Yep. This will give governments and the United Nations an excuse to call a global state of emergency and all those emergency powers and executive orders will finally be implemented. That's what Norio says. I have to agree with him. Almost every movie or TV show you have seen about aliens or the moon came from a Freemasonic director. They're all Freemasons. Huh. Well... They have been the ones that have been commissioned, these Freemasonic directors, have been the ones that have been commissioned to put forth the alien agenda that the government wants you to know or embrace. Okay? They all happen to be Freemasons, the directors. All of these were made by Masons. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, E.T., Taken, which I talked about earlier, Taken, Aliens, 1 through 4, Independence Day, 2001 Space Odyssey, Star Wars, Star Trek, Men in Black, um, from, the moon, from the Earth to the Moon, Apollo 13, War of the Worlds, and the X-Files. All of these are Freemasons that are the directors. Huh. Isn't that weird? Well, what is the coming one world religion? Basically repackaged Babylonian mystery religions. Okay? Which essentially is... The religion of the Freemasons. Okay? Now, again, that's a whole other rabbit trail. We don't have time to go down. But Now, Gene Roddenberry, who is the creator of Star Trek, was a 33rd degree Scottish Rite Freemason. This is why we have Scotty and Spock's Kabbalistic Masonic V hand gesture. The pyramid-shaped communicators and other Masonic symbols on the show. Do you know Roddenberry, do you know when he died? He got... 
he paid like a million dollars or something to make sure, I don't know if it was ashes or if it was his body, but he got, he got him launched into space. <laughs> Money well spent. While he's burning in hell, what would he care where his ashes or body went? But he, he had him put in space. How people waste money. It's just unbelievable. Take note that the Vatican actually funds and controls many astronomical telescopes and observatories in the world. Huh, now we got the Vatican involved. Wasn't there a Catholic representative at this meeting, at the Eisenhower thing? Yeah. And they control many of all these astronomical, uh, or many of the astronomical telescopes and observatories in the world. Why is the Vatican so obsessed with space? Well, we just did a teaching not too long ago about um, the Vatican and disclosure, okay, and how they're basically saying that these space brothers are, are actually probably good and that they're not going to be in need of redemption because they're not human, so the blood of Jesus Christ, you know, it doesn't really apply to them. But again, if you want to know more about that, you can listen to that teaching. All findings run through the Vatican before both public and scientific communities um, can announce anything. What does this tell us? Meanwhile, the Masonic movie music industry gives us Star Wars, superstars, divas, celebrities, and models, and idols to worship to keep our mind off what's really important. George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, also floods his movies with Masonic symbology. Yoda is the name of the Masonic teacher. And the, and the Jedi comes from the ancient Egyptian, as noted earlier. The idea of the Jedi Knights in a round table comes from the Knights Templar. Skywalker is the name of the 13... Man, I don't know how to say this word. Tolzolkin in the Mayan calendar. The symbol of which looks just like the top of Luke's flight helmet. Anakin comes from the Anakim, or the sons of the Anak, of the Bible, and Darth Vader, no doubt, comes from the Doth Black Sephiroth of the Jewish Kabbalah. These occult interpretations of Hollywood movies and TV programs are well understood by initiates, but purposely meant to bewilder the public. Since 1970, Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, has directed and produced seven of the top 20 grossing films of all time. Throughout the, his career, we see an obsession with alien UFO space theme. From the 1977 Close Encounters of the Third Kind, to E.T. of 1982, to Deep Impact of 1998, all depict an invasion from outer space. Even the movie Jaws is littered with shooting stars, strange lights in the sky. Spielberg was also the executive producer for the July 2002 release, Men in Black 2 a movie where a shadow government protects the people of the world from an alien threat. And, and I'm saying all this to give you confirmation that obviously Hollywood, who is controlled by the Freemasons and the Zionistic Kabbalists, these type of people, they're the ones putting this information out. It's pretty important to them. It's kind of like they're preparing us for something. Or maybe it's just all a coincidence. And I'm just a conspiracy theory nut. Yeah. Well, you got to choose what you got to believe. In February of 1997, a leading light in the British film industry leaked the story that Spielberg executives of his company DreamWorks had secretly met with senior Pentagon officials in Los Angeles. Steven Spielberg? The officials told Spielberg to stop everything and produce a movie whose subject matter involved meteors and or comets. One year later, Deep Impact was in the can. The film, or in the hopper, I guess they should say, the film described a comet hurling towards Earth and the fight for who has the privilege or access to an underground bunker. Huh. Not weird. Well, I don't know if you've seen any of this stuff up on YouTube or on the Internet. They're talking a lot about this thing called Wormwood or Planet X or Planet Nibiru that's coming toward us. 2012 Mayan calendar stuff. I'm going to do a study on this in the near future. But that's kind of weird that Hollywood's obsessed with this particular thing as well. Who were these Pentagon officials and why were they so eager for the Bilderberg asset Spielberg to produce a movie about a threat from outer space? Commencing in 2002, the Sci-Fi Channel will screen Taken. Now Taken again is this. They have their main star, Dakota Fanning, biggest child actress star, 
She has all these unbelievable powers, savior humanity, indigo star child stuff. Aliens take her. She's coming back at a predetermined time. Just like that 4400 series. They're going to bring them back at a predetermined time, these people that have been taken and never returned. And when they come back, they're going to have extra powers. And they're going to act as an interface between these supposed aliens, Nephilim, and humanity. Well, they seem human enough, and they got all the special power. Well, I want to be like them. Basically, that's the lie that's coming. I mean, part of it, at least. Spielberg's 20-hour miniseries, This Taken, was focusing on alien abduction. The cost of this production of Taken was a staggering $120 million, making it the most expensive miniseries in television history. You'd think Spielberg would have tired of the genre, but his elite controllers, or handlers, are really zealous to implant this alien paradigm in the minds of the public. See, they're the ones that want to implant this, not me. I'm telling you what they're doing. This is just relaying of information to you. Steven Spielberg is known, or, or you could just ignore it and say, oh, it'll never happen, and, and, and there's no merit to it at all. And when all this stuff starts going down, you're not going to have a clue what's going on. Men's hearts failing them for fear of what's coming on the earth. Steven Spielberg is known to have attended the Bilderberg meeting in 1999. Did you know that? And perhaps in other years, there are other allegations that the infamous show or documentary Alien Autopsy and Alien Interview footage were Spielberg's productions. The Rockefellers funded and supported Eric Von Daniken, who was caught with fake artifacts. Chariot of the Gods, Eric Von Daniken, one of the main UFO guys, the tinfoil hat wearing dudes in that particular genre. Yeah, he was caught with fake artifacts, and guess who was backing him? The Rockefellers. One of the 13 families of the Illuminati are closely interrelated, at bare minimum. And many other, um, the, the Rockefellers also supported many other early UFOologists and ancient astronaut theorists. Remember, I've done a whole study on the ancient astronauts. Okay, They want us to believe that they are our creators and that the Bible has no merit. This delusion that's coming is going to be unlike anything the world has ever witnessed. Are you preparing yourself for the delusion that's coming? Have you built your rock, have you built your house on the solid rock of Christ Jesus and His Word? Because if you haven't, when the rains come and the winds come, your house is going to be on sand and it's going to be swept away. Why do you suppose this is? Remember the poster for Steven Spielberg's E.T. that replaced the finger of God in Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel with the finger of an alien? I'm looking at it right now. It's got E.T.'s finger. E.T. phone home. Remember that from E.T.? He's got his finger and the little kid's finger touching. Like the Michelangelo. I never picked up on that. But that's, it's a mockery of, of Christ, essentially. Okay, it's what it is. Dr. Stephen Greer is the director of the Disclosure Project, a non-profit research project working to fully disclose the facts about UFOs, extraterrestrial intelligence, and the classified advanced energy and propulsion systems. In July of 2002 article, he warned of how a phony UFO invasion would be presented to the public so that they would willingly sacrifice their liberty and rally around the government in opposition to the nefarious ETs. That's the exact message that Hollywood's been sending for years and years and years. That's what the advanced experts are saying is going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. Might want to pay some attention to it. Greer describes the ultimate trump card, a hoaxed threat from space. Since 1992, I have seen this script unveiled to me at least a dozen times by well-placed insiders. Okay, this is the guy. This is one of the main guys that's wanting disclosure. Okay? He says, he says he's seen this script of this faked and hoaxed alien invasion from space unveiled to me at least a dozen times by well-placed insiders. Of course, initially I laughed, thinking this just was too absurd and far-fetched. Dr. Rosen gave her testimony 
to the disclosure project before 9-11 and yet others told me explicitly that things that look like UFOs but that are built and are under the control of deeply sensitive black projects were being used to simulate hoax ET appearing events. This is probably a combination effort. Fallen Angelic, Nephilim, deep, deep government black ops projects. Because we know now we have some other technology, and we've, and we've back-engineered some of this technology. So how much of it's the government? How much of it is, is a projection when you see UFOs in the sky? How much of it is actually Nephilim, Fallen Angelic? It's hard to say. You can't be dogmatic about any of that. But it's all evil. I think we can agree on that. It's all evil. It's all a deception. And it's being done for a reason. No, they're just, they're just doing it for no reason. It's, there's no end to, to it at all. They're just doing it because they're playing a little prank on us. Then Nothing will ever become of this little prank. I don't think so. There's a reason behind this. And hopefully we're establishing that reason through this teaching and through other teachings that we've done. So, um, just reading that last sentence again. Uh, and yet others told me explicitly that things that look like UFOs that are built and under the control of deeply secretive black projects were being used to simulate hoax ET appearing events, including some abductions and cattle mutilations to sow the early seeds of cultural fear regarding life in outer space. Like the movie Independence Day, an attempt to unite the world through the militarism would unfold using the E.T. as the new cosmic scapegoat. Do not be deceived. Now he's saying do not be deceived. By communicating, by commingling fact with fiction and by hoaxing UFO events that can look terrifying, the plan is to eventually create a new sustainable off-planet enemy and who will be the wiser. Okay, now, a lot of these people are saying that these E.T.s are actually good, they're not bad, but our government's painting them to be bad. So again, it's just one deception after another. It's all bad. Every bit of it. So that's the end of that particular article. Okay, so this next article that we're going to be reading from is a subject that absolutely segues into all the things that we were just talking about. So therefore, I'm going to keep it part of this series. And it's, it's entitled Project Bluebeam. Okay, some of you might have heard this before. This is from an article from a guy named Serge Monast. It was originally published in 1994. So bear that in mind as I read this. This was from 1994. Now, the thir first thing I should say is that Serge Monast and another journalist, both of whom were researching Project Bluebeam, mysteriously died of heart attacks within weeks of each other, although neither had a history of heart disease. Serge was in Canada... The other Canadian journalist was visiting Ireland. Prior to his death, the Canadian government abducted Serge's daughter in an attempt to dissuade him from pursuing his research into this Project Bluebeam. His daughter was never returned. Pseudo-heart attacks are one of the alleged methods of death induced by Project Bluebeam. Okay, so that's a kind of a foundational thing for the story. Now remember, in 1994, it was a different time. Okay. I can say things today that I could not have said 15 years ago, 20 years ago. But their agenda is so far advanced, I don't really think they care anymore. So it actually gives me a certain amount of liberty that I wouldn't have had 15, 20, 30 years ago. That's something that's important to, to bear in mind. Their, their, their plans are already well advanced. Now the infamous NASA which stands for National Aeronautics and Space Administration. The infamous NASA Blue Beam Project has four different steps in order to implement the New Age religion and the New Age Antichrist at the head. We must remember that the New Age religion is the very foundation for the New World Government. See, it's the, it's the religion that's the foundation for the New World Order. Okay, now, this alien thing may not seem to you like a religious problem, but it's a huge religious problem. For all religions, because if what we believe they're saying is true, they created us. Wouldn't that kind of change the Bible? Whether you believe in Hinduism, Buddhism, or whatever, that's a different concept than what we've ever really been taught. 
This is why this alien thing is so important to them, and this Ascended Masters thing, because they want you at its core to question the Bible in particular, and all of the religions so that we can all get on the same page and play nice together. Tearing down every denominational or every religious uh, wall that may exist. It's that important to them. It's foundational for the New World Order to be, implement, to, to be implemented, that this all go down in this particular way. We must remember that the New Age religion is the very foundation for the New World Government, with, without which, without this religion, the dictatorship of the New World Order is completely impossible. And then he says, I repeat that, without a universal belief in the New Age religion, which is going to be witchcraft, at its heart and at its essence, because the Bible says in Daniel that when the Antichrist arises, he will cause craft to prosper in his hand. This is witchcraft. Without a universal belief in the New Age religion, the success of the New World Order will be impossible. That is why Project Blue Beam is so important to them, and it has been so well hidden. The first step in the NASA Blue Beam project concerns, this is interesting, the breakdown and reevaluation of all archaeological knowledge. That's the first step. It deals with the setup and with the setup and artificially created earthquakes at precise locations on the planet. Now, you say, what do you mean artificially created earthquakes? Well, we have had the ability to manipulate weather patterns, earthquakes, hurricanes, things of that nature, since the early 70s, and it probably goes back much further. This is probably some of this technology that we've talked about that's been suppressed. I have a study in the avion flu where we actually look at the technology that was signed and the actual uh, documents that were signed by our governments where we admitted this. So don't let that be a stumbling block to you. But this first part deals with the artificially created earthquakes at certain precise locations on the planet of supposedly new discoveries which will explain to all people the air of all fundamental religious doctrines. This is coming. Now, have we seen any evidence of this? I've done several teachings on this stuff. The lost tomb of Jesus? What was that all about? Archaeology that disputes the biblical account of Jesus Christ. Oh, he was never crucified. In fact, he was whisked off the cross and he married Mary Magdalene and they had a kid and that's where the Merovingian bloodline started. And this is how the book Holy Blood, Holy Grail got written. This is what the Da Vinci Code is based on. This is what the movie Bloodline is based on. We did a teaching on that recently. Or now the Gospel of, um, what is it, Gospel of Judas. Yes, that's the one I want to read. They've discovered that recently, the Gospel of Judas. Where Judas basically says, hey listen, you know, I was working in cahoots with Jesus, and I was really the good guy. I betrayed him on purpose just to fulfill biblical prophecy. But we were all on the same page. Right. All these extra-biblical Gospels they're now finding, that all of them seem to question the Bible. I watched something yesterday on YouTube, and it was a thing that they're saying, this unbelievable discovery in Iraq. Our troops found these new Sumerian tablets when they were doing excavations in Iraq. And it was in this copper scroll. And these new Sumerian tablets totally, they tell about the flood account, they tell how the real history, the real history of mankind, all this other stuff has been created just for our benefit, the whole Bible and, and all these other religions. We've just misinterpreted all of this stuff. I guarantee you, it's already happening, but it's going to it's going to be coming on such a grander scale than it's already been. Remember, God is the one sending the strong delusion. He's permitting this to happen. This is a test, really a test of of the remnant, and you know, a test of humanity to see you know which choosing choosing this day whom they're going to serve. So, this, these new discoveries will finally explain to all people the error of all fundamental religious doctrines and the falsification 
of this information will be used to make all nations believe that their religious doctrines have been misunderstood for centuries and misinterpreted. And guess who's going to be able to explain to us what really happened? Well, probably Lord Maitreya, the Ascended Masters, and all their space brethren. They're the ones that are going to finally set us straight. Yeah. Psychological preparations for that first step have already been implemented with the film 2001 Space Odyssey, Star Trek series, and Independence Day, all of which deal with invasions from space and the coming together of all nations to repel the invaders. See, they've already, they've already told us. It's just a matter of implementation. The last film's Jurassic Park deals with the theories of evolution. And that the claims of God's words are lies. Because if we believe in evolution, you could just throw the Bible right out the window. That's what they're always trying to do. Satan's always trying to get us to question the word of God. Just like he did in the Garden of Eden to Eve. What did he say to her? He said, yeah, hath God said. Oh, did God really say that? He questioned the words of God and then he twisted the words of God. And then Eve tried to correct him. She established a dialogue with the devil, which is something that you don't want to do. And then he deceived her. She came under his spell. She partook of that fruit. And sin entered in. And here we are. So, what is important to understand in this first step is that those earthquakes will hit at different parts of the world where scientific and archaeological teachings have indicated that arcane mysteries or esoteric mysteries have been buried for millennia. Those types of earthquakes, by those types of earthquakes, it will be possible for scientists to rediscover those arcane mysteries which will be used to discredit all fundamental religious doctrines and reaffirm what these aliens have been telling us and the Ascended Masters that we were created by them as their little science project and they're finally coming back to police that science project. Because they have no choice. If not, the whole world is going to end. This is the first preparation for the plan for humanity because what they want to do is just is to destroy primarily all the beliefs of Christians. The other ones the devil already has, if you think about it. Hinduism and that, they're already under the doctrines of devils. Okay, I think the ones they're really worrying about are the, are the Christians, because we're the only real threat to them. That's the mo ultimate motivation of all of this. They're going through a lot of trouble to do this. But how many Christians are being educated on this subject? And yet it's so flagrant, and they're devoting all these millions and billions of dollars to brainwashing us. Yet, no, we sit back, oh, bless God, there ain't nothing to any of this stuff. I'll just ignore it and it'll all go away. Okay. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm trying to be a watchman to warn people of these potential scenarios that are going down. I, can I be dogmatic about everything? No. But I'm saying it's going to be... Either it's going to work out this way or it's going to be some variation of it. It's deception is what's coming. So to do, to do this, to discredit and destroy the beliefs of all Christians, they need some false proof from the far past. It's always from the far past. That will prove to all nations that their religions have all been misinterpreted and misunderstood. And I'm going to go ahead and, and part... Uh, Five there, I guess, and we'll start on part six next.